like, oh my god, last time on Almost Heroes. We woke up in the quiet lands. Uh, we woke up at dusk. We were being protected by our, our new friends, Nybarg, and I think we're aptly calling him Red Fury at this point. Um, shortly after awaking, we were attacked by a bunch of big, angry hyena knoll-looking guys. They kind of got the jump on us. We were able to defeat the gnolls and learn they were the slavers in some local camp. Um, we parted ways with Nybarg and Red Fury as we made our way back to Tin Town. We learned that the Evan Depths to the north has a mine that's viable, but that mine is currently being run by a group that enslaves its workers. So that's kind of how we connected the dots of the that Knoll group, which is likely collecting slaves for the Evan Depths. Glenn accepted a quest to track down a set of heirloom armor from an old man in town that he almost killed. And Rangrim felt a new connection to the symbol in his hands with uh, maybe some other living beings that he didn't quite recognize before. And that's where we left off. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, thank you very much for that. And uh, with that, that brings us to episode 19, River and Woods. So um, we're going to pick up uh, in Tin Town in the morning. Uh, thankfully, you all kind of s- stayed up through the night uh, or stayed up through the day and then went to sleep at night so we could get everything back on schedule as far as everyone's uh, sleep schedules go. Um, and so uh, we don't really have to spend too much time on it. Um, but if there's anything that you wanted to do kind of in the morning, aside from like your normal rituals, um, we can uh, go over that. But yeah, we're picking up in Tin Town uh, just kind of in the morning. It's just kind of quiet and peaceful. Uh, so Glenn slept again in the hot tub, keeping an eye on the door with uh, Poe um, as he rises kind of early, early dawn. He would uh, get himself ready, do his usual reps, um, spark the green flame blade and kind of summon Chandrail and just um, dancing his way through the morning. Uh, yeah, so, you know, kind of uh, on on cue, uh, Chandrel uh, appears kind of uh, a little bit, uh, not like distant from you in, in a weird way, but just kind of uh, just off to the side, leaning against the uh, the wall and goes, ah, Glenyaris, it uh, seems it is truly morning this time. It's, uh, it's a little more apropos for our, our usual encounter, so I figured I'd give you, give you some time to catch up. Maybe there's some other people you had to visit, but I wanted to get your opinion on something. We, uh... I ran into a, a unique encounter with someone who wasn't necessarily out to get anything directly from us. He had a job for us, but I have a, a moral high ground conversation I'd like to have with you. Of course. So, you know, I'm traveling with some new companions and well, one of them's a little, uh, say, just got a stronger moral compass than something, you know, you and I might expect to accomplish. Uh, that, that little dwarf Cosmo, you know, I'm sure you've seen. Of course, yes, I, I have seen that um, he seems to have some pretty steadfast morals. I have a bit of a quandary. We kind of got a lead on this nice nice chunk of armor, and I already have the golden hand, but, you know, that it was it was someone's dying wish, and uh, generally I'm the one, you know, giving them that wish to, to grant, but this guy's actually asking me for me to return the armor and possibly just take the gold. I don't. I don't do that, right? I take. I take both. I mean, what would you do in this? You still have to live with yourself at the end of the day. See, I. 
stealing from those you find to be foul and maybe aren't deserving of what you are relieving them of is one thing, but taking it of someone who will sorely miss that which you're taking, it's quite a different thing. Appreciate it. And I take a swing at her head and just commence the, the training. She, as you're swinging at her, she, uh, you see her smirk and uh, disappear and then um, just kind of... Uh, you you hear the the swinging wind as this uh, as her double bent scimitar uh, swipes down uh, at you and it's gonna be a it's gonna be a twenty one to hit that hits um, she seems to be trying to teach you a little bit of a lesson with your uh, with your abrupt attacks without warning and uh, you feel this thing slap pretty hard uh, against the uh, the inside of your ribs as uh, she uh, as she comes down from this on the side and goes all right. I guess we begin. And then, so you you go through your, um, you go through this training regimen and, and before the end of it, she, uh, you can tell that she's kind of like that, her ability to persist on this plane is getting a, a little bit harder. And she's like, the, as your as your hits are connecting with, uh, with her and with the blade, like they're kind of sinking in a little bit more. And um, she kind of just like step, like jumps back and, and kind of sheets her double-edged scimitar and goes, I've thought about, this adversary of yours and your inability to find them. I think that in my experience, just following along with the organic path that lays out in front of you, I think that I have a feeling that your paths will meet again. And with that, she disappears. Uh, she like starts to phase like, I feel like I already knew that, okay. <laughs> And I start to like pack up my things and um, I head over to the arcane library and I look for a book on illusion magic off the shelf and I pluck it and I put it in my pocket and I just start walking out and try to find or start heading towards Cosmo. You were staying at your mom's house, right? I just mm -hmm. head towards Cosmo's house. Yep. So you pop a full book into your Jinko jeans, I assume, and you walk right on over there. <laughs> I, I imagine there's, you know, there's like tomes and there's like, you know, books. I just, just grab a little, little book, Fahrenheit 451, you know, like 100, 110 pages tops. You grab your Ari Salvatore <laughs> novel and you walk over and you <laughs> head on over there. <laughs> <laughs> Old man in the sea. It's not, yeah, it's 70 exactly. pages. Exactly. You just right. throw Moby Dick in there and you head on over. It's just, he's got a big dress size pockets it's true in. yeah do you know how big my sleeves are and it uh, just clunks against your leg as you as you walk the, over the, there the, <laughs> get to get to cosmos house i'm assuming unharmed <laughs> just making my way over there uh yeah no you but you make your way downtown walking fast faces pass and i'm homebound <laughs> yeah exactly getting shanked by regalia yeah Probably. constantly uh, yeah, you make it over there with uh, without issue um cosmo what is um what is glenn finding when he gets to your house he is uh comes in he you know um and uh mom is uh making dinner or uh, breakfast i'm still upside down what, what? <laughs> just you just see cosmo walking out of his room oh so much sleep i have been sleepy for the last two days it feels like <laughs> i slept last night i slept yesterday it's today I had just no more sleeping for me. It's that's I'm done. I can barely stay. Keep my eyes closed. Uh, so you're uh, you're gonna be wide awake for the rest of today. But well, 
I might be running with the horses and just be pulling the cart myself. Uh, I'm confident that you would get us there faster than those beasts, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. But don't say that around Rangrim. I would never. Uh, and uh, he just kind of comes out, and Amy, my mom, is uh, making breakfast. She knows that we are leaving town for an unknown amount of time, so I imagine she's set us up with a good uh, care package. Absolutely, yeah. She's uh, she's kind of like packing it all away right now, like uh, storing like some things that are gonna last a little bit longer. She doesn't know how long you're gonna be gone, so like absolutely over preparing you all with like fresh food and also like some that's gonna last a little bit longer, more preserved. Bunch of salted meats. Yeah, some bunch of lizard, bunch of bunch of pickled lizard tails and everything else, all the good stuff. Hey, uh, there, Mom, did you uh, happen to be able to stop by that one place to uh, get something for the, the gentleman? There's, uh, what is those, DOS dogs? <laughs> Hold on. You're trying, you wanted her to pick up DOS dogs for you, pack them away? Yeah. Uh, oh, of course, of course, honey. I, th by the way, that, um, that is some questionable meat. Are you sure that you should be eating that? Well, uh, hey, the Glen and uh, I, I swear there was a tail sticking out of one of them. Ah, it's just the case, and don't worry about it. That's what uh, that's what Doss told us. He's re he's a definitely a trusty individual. Uh, oh, okay. And she she hands over this like much too large satchel that's like probably the size of a small duffel bag. Oh, you're the base, mom. <laughs> I said, that's gonna be just enough to feed you. I'll I'll look for food on my own. I don't I don't know if I necessarily trust some of that squirrel stew last time I had. I just about died but say with utmost respect amy uh, uh different tastes but you can have the dust dogs and i'll eat the rest of the good dwarven food perfect uh well uh i think uh we're ready to go we just meet uh rain grim down at delivery i'm um, assuming he slept with the animals yet again but your uh, your mom like before you're you're heading out like kind of gives you a hug from like from behind you and just says just be safe. I will, mom. I will. And as Cosmo like walks out, pass in front of him, Glenn's like, ah, it's so cute, and he like shuffles a little his hair with his <laughs> hand. Cosmo doesn't even shake it off. He just he just enjoys <laughs> just, it. Like, I love my face. mom. <laughs> it's, it's me, mom. Um, uh, I guess we had delivery. What? Yeah, yeah. So you're able to uh, you're able to make your way down there uh, with without issue. Like I said, it's it's kind of like it's kind of quiet um, with with the mine still being closed. Like you can tell that there's probably like it just seems like there's less people in town. Um, they're you know they're they're out doing other things, scouting or whatever the case may be. But there's just like a lot less activity than like the pre mine closing. Uh, so it, uh, but yeah, you're able to make it down to delivery and uh, Rangram. What do they encounter? Uh, they would find me sleeping in the cart as I was up most of the night repairing it. Um, mm -hmm. Pretty sure uh, Glenn still got that spa package for the uh, donkey and mule. So I don't even know if they're there. They might be getting their hooves done or who knows what kind of service right. they got going on there. So Rag Room is just at this point like asleep in the back, but the cart itself is pretty well mended, I'd assume, as he spent most of the entire night using mending as well as his, his own forging skills to fix the iron cage as well as make the cart itself just more stable and sure it up so it could hold more weight. 
Nice. So you're still leaving the uh, cage structure on there. You've just kind of repaired it to make it stronger. It's less of a cage and it's more of like a, like a canopy, I'd say, on one, one side. Okay. Cool. There's no real locking mechanism, but we could chain things to it pretty easily. Nice. Okay. So you've like removed the back section of it then. So it's open. Yeah, it's open. And that way we can, you know, easily get things in and out and would have used some of the metal to repair other bits and pieces of it. So it's not, not like a slaver's cage we're trucking around anymore. Just a really cool iron cart. And it says Rangrim on one side of it in metal. <laughs> awesome. Hell yeah. That is absolutely metal. It's basically a decommissioned cop car. It's metal. Is metal? Yeah, it's it's a cra- yeah, it's a it's just like a, the Crown Vic that's driving around. You can clearly see it used to have the police like uh, badging all over the side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So um, one thing I wanted to ask is like kind of before everyone, um, kind of before we, is there anything you're, you all are doing to prepare for the journey before, aside from uh, the delicious satchel of food that you have from Cosmo's mother? He's ready. Uh, yeah, it's actually a good question. I would have assumed uh, yeah i i probably would have stopped i don't think we need a rp i would have stopped and picked up some health potions at uh i think pops is where we hit it before i would have stopped by and picked up a couple um regular health potions for myself okay um yeah i think that you i think that you can probably pick them up just from the straight general store so you're able to you're able to do that and just 50 gold a piece uh just like just like normal yeah pick up two sweet awesome um and I have my very slim and comfortable to carry book. Yes, of course. Your romantic novel. Well, uh, yes. so, so did anybody see Luther at all? Glenn, you went, you went up to the place, didn't you? Yeah, no, Luther. We uh, actually kind of had an in- interesting interaction. Uh, no, Luther. Thankfully, no regalia this time. And I'd like kind of like nudge Rangram, wake him up. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, I was just telling him, no, no regalia, no Luther. Uh, I did have, I saw that the wacky wavy arms really paid off. Got lots of job opportunities. All right. Um, well. Interesting ones here and there, but um, I was actually approached by uh, an older gentleman. Uh, was not your daughter. Almost stabbed him. Uh, turned out it was against better judgment to just start impaling people, so I held back. Um, and he actually offered me uh, a quest, if you will, uh, Cosmo. I feel like you might be interested in this one. It's it's a it's a chance to track down the, a family heirloom. Um, you know, he just kind of approached the approach situation, knew we were adventurers, and said, you know, upon returning, we receive payment. So, if uh, if that's something you're interested in, just got to head due south to the river. And apparently, he's got some some nice family armor that he just once returned from from a hometown. It was. They were more or less chased out of there, if I remember correctly. Is that something you guys might be interested in tackling? Kill some time before we try to see if we can't find Luther again? We still have that note for him. He's going to pay us when we get back? Yep, he said once we return the armor, we'll we'll receive payment, so. Well, insight check. Yes. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) Uh, So deception against insight? Yes. 26. I was going to say, my deception is so bad. I don't know why I lie. <laughs> um, sorry. Plus it's just four. in your nature. Uh, 
That's that is you got a twenty six. Yeah. Bad news, Fuck bud. Me, I got a six. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is golf rules. Yeah. Rangroom just kind of looks at Glenn, like purses his eyes a bit, and is like, "Mm-hmm." I was gonna say mm-hmm. you literally you you don't you absolutely like he might as well be like smirking. You can see everything. <laughs> like you can see he's lying like fucking X-ray vision. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well. If that's what the man said, let's go, Cosmo. That's that's uh that's his exact words. Payment on return. But I just get in the cart and don't make eye contact. You're such a bad liar. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, statistically, he's a terrible liar. But well, so we're gonna. So let me get this straight. We're gonna go find this armor of his dead relatives or something, and we're gonna bring it back here to him. That is correct. He is, uh, actually, I don't know if you guys ever met him. He's just the old man in that shack down that way. And I pat point the way he pointed previously. Oswin. Uh, I never quite caught uh, eyes with him, but, uh, he's, he's somewhere around here. Uh, you probably old and walking. Well, you almost shanked old man Oswin <laughs> when he was asking you to do, he was going to pay you to do a job. Hey, last time I tried to talk to Gary, I got shanked by Regalia, so I'm not trying to hear it from you. When you start getting stabbed by your friends, we can start having this conversation. Well, whatever. Let's let's go. Let's go get this armor for for old man Oswin, and then we'll carry on. So he didn't necessarily tell me exactly where it was. He mentioned it was uh, by the Highwood, south of the river that's leaving the. Uh, the lock over by Whitport. I don't think we necessarily need to make our way back up towards Whitport. I think we just kind of. I, I thought it was. I thought it was to the south. You said. Yeah. So if you head south, um, it, his his uh, description was that if you head south, uh, you'll hit the river and then follow the river uh, east into the highwood, and then you, like in the woods, you will run across uh, his like house uh his old house if it's still there uh and it'll it'll be along the river so as long as you follow the river into the highwood you'll run across it at some point so we just need to hit the river let's just do south of us follow that along a little bit maybe float do some fishing we can uh maybe make some some quick gold right. interested well right well seeing as uh we always can use a little bit more gold uh we can do this real quick i suppose I got some time. Rain Grim, you good with that? Oh yeah, we'll go get armor, and when we come back, he pays us, and he's kind of making awkward eye contact with Glenn, <laughs> and gives him like a thumbs up, like very, very conspicuous. It just Glenn just starts smiling, like, "Yep, when we get when we get back, we get paid." But well, uh, do you want to drive the car, or do you want me to take it? I I think Kalogni and Champagne are caught up. Are they re-hitched from their tr- spa treatment? Uh, yeah. I mean, they they should be all uh they should be all done up by their spa treatment. I like the idea I just saw in chat of them having like beautiful braided locks, like <laughs> of their manes being all braided. So I think that that's uh, canon for what they look like right now. This is, Absolutely, this is bougie. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's uh, a good. That's a good name. If we get another donkey, we can name it Bougie. <laughs> Twelve donkeys. 
all still going one mile per hour. It's going to look like Santa's sleigh. <laughs> Who's Santa? Uh, <laughs> there. All right, Rangrim, southbound it is. Why don't you take us? All right. Um, yeah, so you head out of, uh, of town, uh, of Tintown this time in a direction that you, I mean, I'm sure that you all have headed out before, um, but it is a direction that we haven't done so in this campaign. But you head out to the east um, outside of, uh, you kind of go up, head up the bowl um, like normal and uh, heading out of, of, of town and like, it still has that like kind of eerie quiet to it that like something is not like right, but it's not, you can't really like, it's not like, oh, there's something wrong. It's just the, like, this is, it's weird for this town to be this quiet. Um, and you head out of town in the morning, maybe you know, kind of before everything is getting kicked off. And um, you you head out east and you're kind of like, you can always see, like, it's hard to see it from town, but like from out up on top of the uh, the rim of Tin Town, like as you're heading out to the east, like you're kind of like heading towards the Ebon Ridge, these kind of like looming mountains, like you've never thought of them before, but now like that you know that they're potentially for, for Cosmo, they hold the promise of like solving the problems with town. And then also they like to the rest of the party hold this looming danger of like the Ebon Depths and like this, this like slavery organization or operation that could be operating out of it and like what else they could hold. But they're these like giant mountain range consists of at least two active volcanoes that are, um, not like spewing lava forth at any point in time, but like you can see at night, especially like there is a little bit of like an orange glow from the top of them. And then like the black and, and blasted sides of these, uh, these kind of like looming volcanoes. Um, and just, they kind of strike you for the first time as being a little bit more ominous than, you know, you've thought of them in the past. Yeah, you are just kind of traveling uh, south, uh, directly south at this point, uh, heading down, trying to kind of with the the uh, Von Hurst lock on your right hand side, and then the Ebon uh, the Ebon Ridge on your left, uh, and yeah, so kind of like what are you all doing while you're uh, traveling throughout the day? Right. Well, uh, Cosmo is in the under the canopy. I don't think he's driving. He's not usually the driver. Um, he usually holds up the rear, and, uh, I think Cosmo is just, uh, spending the day, uh, looking through his father's journal, and just kind of, and eating snacks, you know, just seeing what, uh, his mom put in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, like, all your favorite, all your, all your favorite things are in there, um, the, uh, as you're, as you're kind of going through them, probably not rationing them maybe as much as you should be, maybe, I don't know. Um, oh, you know, he's leaving some to share, but <laughs> um, yeah. As you're uh, as you're snacking on some like dried uh, dried crunchy uh, lizard uh, jerky, um, yeah, you're you're going through this journal. Is there anything in particular like that you are uh, focusing on, or are you just kind of like reliving these uh, uh, these stories of your father? Right now, he's really looking for. Um, he's very curious about uh, Oregon. And I think there's just mm -hmm. this looming thing about um, the revivifists claiming that they can restore the gods, and and so he's just kind of like that's it, he's trying to find any more clues or, or anything like that. To, um, I don't know what that was like for the Sundering for him, and when the gods left, or you know, just anything around it, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, and I think that that probably is later in the journal. Um, there's probably, like, it's kind of, there's, like, this 
part of this like kind of more epic part and probably the part that's more fun to read which is like the the history of your father as like a uh, like an active paladin for the golden grim like army and part of that like you know that that dwarven empire and like just the fantastical like airships and all these really amazing things and like just you know all doing this like through the power of morden and you know some of the other dwarven gods and i think that the part you're into now is part that you probably don't read as much unless because it's just like it's more dark it's a sadder time which was mm -hmm. that like the the fall of that and like the loss of morden and like this I think that's something that kind of sticks with you is this feeling of like your father's just like resilience. Whereas like people around like dwarves around him, like some of them were struggling with this, like, I don't want to lose my, my, my powers, my clerical powers, my divine magic. And so like some of them struggling with this, like taking on and accepting the, the divine magic of these new, like some, as some people saw them usurper. Uh, dwarven gods, which were uh, the um, the Oathkeeper and the Battle Rager, your father's like resilience to not do that and kind of the internal struggle that he wrote a little bit about in this journal. And so like, this is the part you're going through is just like this internal struggle. But like one thing that you kind of like strikes you is that like throughout that, even without the magic, like he always felt a connection to Morden, um, even though like he like everyone said he was gone and everyone else and like he didn't ever have magic powers from that point um they're always like he was steadfast in his belief that morden was still there because he could feel it i don't know what to say i have nothing <laughs> no yeah yeah so you uh you're you're you know you're reading through the book and like you're you're just kind of taking that in as you're uh crunching on these uh these crunchy lizards and um just sitting in the back of the cart um yeah uh, <laughs> uh glenn what are you uh what are you doing during your journey so Glenn's like position during travel now is just to be like on top of the cage, laying down, staring up at the sky, just kind of like listening. I have this like amplified hearing now. So I've kind of come to terms with the fact that I can hear better than I can see. So I'm just kind of, you know, legs folded, just kind of kicking a leg, staring up at the clouds mm -hmm. um, and, you know, sit, sit up <clears throat> and kind of look over to see Rangrim, just kind of driving the car by himself and Cosmo's occupied with this journal and just kind of sneak my way and slink myself in the seat next to Rangrim and lean over to him real quietly go hey uh Rangrim we're gonna we're gonna keep a little bit of uh that piece about the the bounty that comes with this armor between us right you know I can, just don't want to you know lead Cosmo astray and dangle the carrot of gold in front of him wanted to you know really focus on the moral high ground of this this scenario make him make him think we're just doing it out of the goodness of our hearts keep us oh, yeah. here right yeah because i mean it would, it would crush him that that, that one there there's honor and and all that he's a good boy that one no not so much um you how much gold did this guy give you already yeah i mean we don't necessarily need to be you know hurting people's feelings but i, I understand uh it was a it was a good sack. It's actually something I wanted to bring up as well. Is he never even recognized me? He lives in this shack of a home, and he had two thousand gold just to hand over to a name and ask for a chunk of armor to come home. I mean, that seems about as suspicious as it gets, doesn't it? Two thousand. Um. Yeah. That's that seems in my bit um suspicious. You're not incredibly insightful, Glenn, are you? Uh, statistically, no, not that much. It's <laughs> fair. Uh, Glenn, I do need a stealth check from you. So uh, whether okay. or not Cosmo's hearing this conversation. Uh, 29. 
Okay. So you are able to uh, bend your your uh, words away, like as if the wind around into directly into Rangram's ear somehow. Yeah, I'm not a uh, not overly insightful, I suppose, but you know, I am the one who got us the two thousand gold bounty while you were. And I look back at the cage, like I don't know, knocking the rust off, whatever you were doing. This thing's awesome. What each look at? You got Cosmos over there sitting in the in the thing, and we have two donkeys or a mule. I'm not really sure what these. I heard that's what they call these things, mammals. You got lots of them up here. Yeah, I think you've named them in every way possible. Uh, donkeys, mules, horse, dwarf, dwarf horses. I don't know. We can uh, call them whatever the hell we want to, but they're, they're definitely ours now. Horses? I mean, they, they look like horses, and they're smaller. Dwarfs that's, look like humans, and they're smaller. So it's that, that's horses. just that's offensive. To the horses or the, the dwarves? Yes. All right. So we're in agreement then. We we keep the uh, the bounty between us, and we just happen to get paid at the end of it. Yeah, it sounds like we're walking into something. So, um, yeah, just don't tell Cosmo. He's too, uh, you know, good mannered. And I'm doing air quotes, but obviously you cannot see that. I felt I felt them. <laughs> I appreciate you keeping this between us, and uh, yeah, we need to keep an eye out once we start getting close to this old man's house, because I've got all the heebies of the GBs going on from this guy. So, uh, use some of that that insight you keep bragging about and keep us safe, yeah? Uh, Is that contagious? The heebie-jeebies? The jeebies? Yeah, yeah, it grows on you. You you eventually learn them. It's an Um, old elven trick. I'll I'll, I'll show you. It's It's a surface thing. Um, I'm all, I'm all right. You, you want to drive the car for a minute? Because I feel super uncomfortable sitting next to you because I don't want your heebies getting all over me and giving me jeebies. Uh, you, you, you've got him. We've, you've got him. Trust me. We were within oh. six feet of each other. It's, you've got him. <laughs> no, <not wearing> face <laughs> masks. <laughs> uh, I did have one other question, though. I, and I apologize for this, but I, I snuck one of your magic cigarettes that you have uh, been keeping in your beard and I was curious where where do you get some of that uh that tobacco that was some some good stuff is that do you have like a like a plug how do you how do you find that I'm almost out actually but mostly from the ground you just pick up anything off the ground smoke it uh, you can smoke all types of weeds I'm a little bit concerned that you were worried about my GBs when you just smoke anything off the ground but you know teach his own it worked it worked for me last time so if you see any more of that let me know i uh happy to help resupply and restock if needed and uh Ringrub just kind of reaches into his beard and like attempts to do like a cool like roll it over his fingers sleight of hand thing to hand it to glenn um you know what roll? i'm gonna actually roll sleight of hand <laughs> for that oh uh he did wicked good that was a 17 because oh. i have a zero to that yeah, yeah. I think that uh, I think that you absolutely uh, do like the cool like thing where you roll it through your fingers and you don't accidentally do the thing when you get to the end of that where you fling the thing off into whatever direction like when you're trying to do it with a pencil. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, Glenn catches it and puts it in his mouth, and then just pulls out one of his little daggers. Green flame blade lights the end of it, lights it, hands it back to him, says, uh, "Appreciate it, Rangrim. I'll see you back up top." And I just mm. climb my way back up onto the cage and. Uh, this one was grown outside Cosmo's house. That's you don't need to tell me these things. 
Ignorance is bliss, my friend. Uh, <laughs> just smash cut to Amy outside going, these, these smell weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> doing doing gardening out there like, is there a skunk? Yeah, what is that? Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, Rangrim, is, uh, is there anything that you're looking to do during your journey? Well, Rangrim is mostly just, he's actually overjoyed with his new, like, cart and the donkeys, and he's very just enjoying his, like, travels, because, you know, the last time they were just going to Whitport, and then we were in Tindown for, like, four years, and then we were in Whitport <laughs> again. <laughs> so Rangrim's just happy to actually be out of Tintown, which is the only home he had known on the surface. Mm-hmm. And, um... He's not good at showing it because gray dwarfs aren't very good at showing emotion. So he's got a little bit of like a smirk of joy in his face, but it looks crazy to everyone else. <laughs> caught, he caught the jeebies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, so you all are able to I'll, actually roll me. I'll take a perception check from, from the three of you just for general perception during the travel. Sure. Is this audio or video? Because I either um, get advantage or I don't. Or, na- yeah, or nasal. <laughs> yeah, or nasal. True, yeah. Yeah, because you have uh, you have the advantage of uh, you guys are like the um, the the three monkeys at this point. Cosmo can <laughs> see pretty pretty decently, you can hear pretty decently, and Rangrim can smell everything. So you got all the gambits covered. And I did shower uh, while I was at home. Oh, I noticed. <laughs> Just, just for you. I still Rangram. smell like flowers. I haven't decided yet, but I still fl- smell what? like flogney. What? what is that sandalwood? That's nice. That's nice. It's real nice. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, what you guys get? I rolled a sixteen. Nice. I also got a sixteen. It's a thirteen. It's pretty quiet. Um, you pass. Uh, you pass some people on the road, but they're. It's generally like. Um, People that look like merchants. They're they're traveling with carts. Um, it doesn't look like anything like too like too conspicuous. And so like just you know over the course of you know a couple uh, a couple maybe like soldiers pass by at some point. But it's it's nothing too crazy. And I'm, like I don't think that there's anything uh, that is gonna kind of raise your hackles for like hey we need to stop and talk to these people. And like especially like maybe after encountering Red and that whole thing with those soldiers like. Maybe like staying a little bit on the down though is more what you're looking to do. Um, so yeah, you're able to uh, successfully make your way, and like it's starting to kind of get dusk. Um, and as you are, as it's kind of the sun's getting a little bit lower, um, you actually see that um, kind of the gleam and the reflection off of um, a river uh, ahead of you, and kind of a uh, a, a bridge crossing uh, that's over uh, that's over by that river. And this is around. You said it was starting to get darker. This was yeah. Dark. It's it's kind of du- it's it's kind of like dusk. So it's uh, it's going to be getting dark shortly. And so you're this is kind of like you you are able to catch this in kind of the last rays of sunlight. So during I guess during any of the ten minutes during that time, or I think it takes an hour. I would have turned Poe into um, an owl because we're going to be oh, nice. camping at night. So. I need Ooh. something that can see at night. So, who? <laughs> I turn my familiar Poe into an owl. And now he's named Pooh. Now he's named Pooh. Uh, so Pooh, <laughs> Pooh is just a, a all black owl. It, just, it literally looks like a raven that has an owl's head. And he now. goes Pooh, Pooh, Pooh. <laughs> what do we see as we get close to the bridge? 
Um, so yeah, as you're getting close to the bridge, you don't really uh, see anything in particular. You just know you can just uh, the 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 river as um, as probably you've seen on maps, but also like kind of how it was described by Oswin. Uh, it is going almost directly uh, east and a little bit to the south. Um, and then the, the the bridge crossing is just like a pretty well traveled wide bridge um and the river itself is it's not extremely wide um it's like you would be able to uh ford uh you know across it if you really wanted to but it's it's kind of like you can tell it's probably like a good uh 30 feet across or so well boys we uh i'll be honest i didn't actually ask oswin what side of the river it was on and we kind of have a 50 50 chance of being on the correct side of the river for this one so we take the north side or the south side of the river Cross the bridge or stay on this side? What do you well, think? Didn't you say it was uh, in the highlands? It's in the high woods, yeah. He just said to hit the river and start heading towards the high woods. I don't necessarily know which side of the river he meant. But, well, I mean, hitting the river just kind of just implies, like, you just get there and you turn south. Right? So, th this side or the other side? Because what if we have to cross it at the end? I mean, that would just be so inconvenient. Well, Glenn, you're the one that got us into this quest thing, so uh, flip a coin, I don't know. Uh, I think you're onto something, alright. Hedge your tails, and I pull out <laughs> I pull out the coin of the guy who talks to me, and I flip it. It, it automatically starts talking, I'm just kidding. No, actually, you haven't had any uh, anything from that coin in quite a little bit, which is probably a little bit uh, unnerving, because you, like, you heard from it before, and this is totally a tangent, but you heard from it before you guys even left uh, to go back to Whitworth the last time. So it's been a while. Um, yeah, so what did you what did you flip? So I, as, I, as I flip in my head, I'm like, I hope he's not dead. And then as I catch it, it lands on tails. So I would say we take the bottom side of the river and we cross the bridge. What? And then he's just, the donkeys just start going because like I accidentally do like a thing that yeah. was wicked not paying attention. <laughs> um yeah so uh you you cross over the bridge um and you can see that there is kind of like they're not as well traveled but there are pathways that run along either side almost like a, of a canal like there are pathways that run along these uh this waterway because it is a main feature and so like as you pass uh, across that bridge like you can see that there is a little bit rougher path uh, but there is a path that runs east uh along the the river into the highway say so we follow that path um, yeah, so as you're heading towards this, uh, this, this forest, this, the high wood, um, the, the sun's kind of setting behind you and, uh, you are, after a little bit of travel, uh, you, the trees become denser and denser. And, um, as these trees are getting a little bit, uh, like kind of darker, like you start seeing a, uh, like the flickering light of a campfire of some sort or light of some sort. Uh, that seems to be just inside kind of one of the denser, denser copses of trees along the path. Uh, hey, Rangrim, uh, you see that over there? And I point over to the, the fire. Yeah, the, the fire that's there? Yeah, you think we uh, maybe make some new friends and set up camp for the night, or I mean, we start our own camp? I think if uh, we might as well just go see what they're doing. All right, we uh, maybe park our cart on the side of the road how do we how do we make sure it doesn't get attacked by any animals or anything 
and the path you're on is relatively narrow so it's it's probably not wide enough to like for two carts to pass side by side so like your cart's taking up majority of the path so if you parked in the middle of the path it's gonna essentially block the path oh well we might as well just bring it off in it uh is it like a clearing do we know it's like a clearing where the fire is or anything like that or is it Roll me a perception check so we can see. It's still a little bit in the distance and it's obscured by trees. You're just kind of seeing the flickering light on the reflecting on the trees and through it, kind of. That is a nine. Yeah, flickering light. Well, yeah, that's what, a that's what if, a fire for sure somewhere. But well, what if we just get up there? We see if they're friendly type, and uh, if not, we just keep on and we'll find another I spot. I agree. That's a good idea, Cosmo. Glenn, you're sneaky. I was going to say, uh, I feel like, you know, Cosmo's really the, the face of the operation. He, he really puts the best foot forward for the group. Uh, but yeah, I guess I could take a look and I take off my bright white robe and throw in the back of the, the cart and I just kind of jump to the nearest tree branch. Are there tree branches? I'm like, I'm on top of the cage. Are there like, is there a canopy that I can kind of hop to yeah. and from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're able to, uh, to get up there. Um, roll me a athletics check. Or, no, sorry, uh, acrobatics. That is much better. Uh, one's a plus zero, one's plus eight. Uh, 25. 25, yeah. So you're able to uh, very much flip yourself up into that uh, tree canopy and kind of like uh, doing a combination of kind of swinging from the bottom of the branches and jumping off of the other ones, very uh, very Naruto styling. Um, you, you kind of flip through these trees uh, and you are able to bring yourself to the edge of this very small clearing um, that is, uh, and what you see is just a figure that is uh, wearing a pretty dark cloak that is obscuring them and their face. Um, and they're just sitting around a relatively like, kind of just like a minor fire. You can tell that they probably are trying not to attract very much attention. Um, and they're just sitting on a log and they have like, you can see a pack of, uh, two packs that are sitting on the ground and uh, this person is just kind of sitting sitting, looking at the fire. Uh, I would stay up in the tree as as hidden as possible. And how about how far is he from the tree line to the fire? Um, I would say that the, the clearing itself is probably no more than 20 feet, in, in like 15 to 20 feet. So it's, it's pretty small clearing. I'm going to take... Um, okay. I'm going to take my earwig and i'm going to use one of its features sorry i need to find it can you roll me a stealth check too by the way absolutely case? uh it's a 15. okay um i tap the earwig twice to record up to a minute of sound um yeah so i record a message saying Hey, there's some weird guy here. Uh, he's just kind of staring at the fire. Looks real lonely. I think we can make friends. And I take the earwig, and I just hit the button so it starts playing on a loop, and I hand it to Pooh, and I fly him back to <laughs> Rangrim to, like, land the earwig, or basically hand him the earwig. Yeah, so Rangrim um, holding it, and it is just, like, looping that. It's just looping Glenn's voice saying, hey, there's a single guy. He's looking kind of lonely. I think we could be friends. Hey, there's a single guy. He's looking kind of <laughs> lonely. I think you could be friends. Hey, there's a single guy. <laughs> Rangram's just staring at it and just like pushing all the buttons. And he's just like, 
What? Getting noticeably frustrated. I get it. I, I understand. No, hit, How do I hit the other button? This this one. Right right there. Do that one. That that one. And he does that. Is it, does it stop? It pauses. You you smash the earwig. Um oh, that, it worked. <laughs> Whatever it did, it worked. <laughs> Just smash it like an alarm clock. No, uh yeah, you're able to um it, it kind of like it's it seems so you're able to click the right thing uh, and the message stops playing. Um, is Poe bringing it back or are they now in possession of the earwig? Uh, I mean, if they put it down, Poe would pick it up and fly it back. Okay. Yeah, take it. Yeah, so it kind of crawls. It kind of crawls just... up onto the end of your finger, Rangram, and then uh, Poe is able to pick it up off there. Poe's like pecking at his hand to get it back. <laughs> Come on. Um, oh, Rangram would just take the cart and make his way towards the this uh, lonely gentleman's encampment. Uh, yeah, so you you kind of roll up. Um, Glenn, give me a perception check. Without the earwig. Uh, didn't matter. That's a natural 20. Ooh. Oh, shit. 26. Uh, Glenn, you hear the sound of what sounds like rustling of uh, feathers of something and then you see a very big form of like a humanoid sized figure uh, in a tree pretty close to you that you didn't see before Um, and uh, they seem to as you kind of look over slowly and are you know with your with yourself um, you see them look directly over at you uh, and you see just uh, a very big uh bird-shaped humanoid uh, figure that is kind of shrouded in the darkness, and you can't really see them, but you just see their eyes reflecting, and you guys are looking directly at each other. Um, very very slowly. <laughs> yes. Just um, wave the friendliest I can from a tree, I guess. Uh, yeah, so you also see the uh, the form kind of, there's a, at the same, kind of just slightly <laughs> after you, this, this kind of like a feathered arm kind of comes up and uh, you now are just kind of looking at each other and slowly waving. Um, but what, in the meantime, uh, Rangrim and Cosmo are rolling this, uh, this cart up into the camp and uh, you just hear the figure say, I, you know, I'm not looking for uh, any problems, so... I hope for your sake you aren't bringing any with you. But, well, no, no, no problems here. Mostly just snacks and uh, good times and some good dwarven ale. Snacks and good times. <laughs> yes. They, uh, they kind of just uh, sigh and seem very tired, and they, they don't really say anything else, and well, they just kind of, like, resume looking down at the fire. Or, or some quiet company. That's that's fine too. You can have some ale and some snacks. Um, yeah, you can. You see that they kind of raise their hand up, and it was uh, engulfed in flame, and then they kind of just uh, their hand extinguishes, and they go, "That that doesn't sound too bad." Right. Then, uh, well, then my name is Cosmo. This is my friend Rangrim. Oh. And uh, my friend Glenn, he's somewhere. He's bringing up the rear. He'll he'll be around at some point. But uh, then we'll just uh, set up camp. Then, if you don't mind, be my guest. There's not much room in here, but I, uh, me and my friend are not going to be staying here long. As is just kind of catching our breath and continuing to head north. Uh, my name is Grilder, and my friend over there, and as he looks up, uh, you see a 
Aarakocra, a eagle person, uh, come whipping out of the tree next to Glenn uh, and just kind of uh, lands with rel actually relatively softly um, on the ground uh, next to Grilder. Um, and, and my name is Era. Hello, Era. Um, as Grilder looks up, you kind of see, you get this like, you get the distinct impression of like elven features, but there's this um, strange gleam, like the, the there's like something on his face is like reflecting and catching the light like this gold, but it's um, it's almost like, it's just like kind of patchy, but it's it's catching the light underneath his hood from the fire. Um, and, er and Era is a uh, kind of like light, uh, white and dappled, uh, light brown colored uh, Aarakocra. But well, uh, we're just gonna get set up camp. We don't, I mean, we can, we'll probably be staying the night here. You can carry on when you're, when you're ready. Glenn, uh, Glenn hops down from the tree and starts walking over to kind of like following Era. He says, uh, you were, uh, you're real sneaky on that one. I can usually, well, actually, I guess I can't always catch people. Sometimes, like, <laughs> I notice people. You, uh, you snuck up on me on that one. Oh my God. Thank you so much. I, I've been trying so Whoa, hard. Really, really? Okay. The, the stealth does not match the, the personality. I got it. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got it. Took me for a loop on that one. Nice to meet you, Eric. Whatever. Yeah, extend a hand to shake her feathered hand. Um, she seems to be kind of miffed at you uh, and your uh, kind of backwards or your backhanded compliment and just kind of crosses her arms and looks at you and puts her head up. And that's that's what you get. Well, Glenn, ah, I see another one. Glenn, I think you hurt her feelings. Ah, uh, I'm I'm sorry. It's it's a personality tick. I, it's it's called a complisult. It's it's not supposed to hurt as much. It's actually my way of being nice. You can ask them. The point of the He's, uh, yep, he does it all the time. It's a it's a friend thing. I'm I'm impressed by your ability to get the drop. That's that's something nice. Uh, and he at least he's not trying really to kill cool. any of your family. That's another thing I do when I like you. Persuasion. <laughs> Me or him? You, you, Glenn. <laughs> what am I persuading? Uh, Era to not be mad at you anymore. Ah, I'm terrible with persuasion. It's probably like my deception. It's like one. Oh, it is plus one. Uh, 14. Not bad. Okay. I'll say that uh, she, while she doesn't cool off immediately, you do seem to have like, she's like, she's she kind of like does eventually like kind of seem to soften. Like you seem like a really cool girl and I have... Uh, something that you might be interested in, and I mage hand pull uh, a magic cigarette from <laughs> Rangrim's beard, and I, as it's floating past me, I light it and then hand it to her, and like, just try it. It's it's a good time. Um, yeah, let me see. Let me see if magic peer cigarette. Pure pressure. Is, is, <laughs> pure yeah. pressure in Um, yeah. So also, yeah, her. Um, she doesn't roll anything like to to try to like stay away from it. So like. She, uh, yeah, she she takes a, a big old drag off, and she's like, Santa coughs like, this is this is terrible. <laughs> yeah, there, get, get get, we have so much. Get the stuff that they that Santino made, uh, and they uh, they pull like uh, Grilder kind of like sighs as if he's just kind of over this whole thing, and pulls out of his bag uh, these uh, this like pretty like decent uh, satchel of uh, what looks like some sort of like other herbs like, hands it over to Era, who then hands it over to uh, Glenn to smell. I inhale, I breathe in deeply. I, I smell the bag, and I look over to Rangram after, like, taking a whiff. I'm like, I don't know if this is good or bad, but 
it doesn't smell like something that came directly out of the ground. What do you, what do you think? Should we try it? And I hand the bag to Rangrim. Rangrim is already just like, what's that? And like just beelining over for it. This smells right. Um, awesome. Yeah. So, uh, so you guys are able to get it all, uh, get it all prepared. And uh, so, are you all? Part- are you the two of you partaking in that? Uh, Rangrim's rolling up a, I don't know, cigarette joint spliff, whatever we're calling it at this point. You guys ever see that GIF of Tom and Jerry where he's like a cowboy and rolling <laughs> yes. up a cigarette? Very much like that. Like Rangrim's really into this and really happy okay. at this point because just this one drags it. This is absolute smells absolutely better than everything that he found outside Cosmo's mom's house. <laughs> Um, uh, Lynn is yeah. 100% seeing what's going to happen to Rangrim after he's just single drag this whole thing. Okay, uh, uh, Rangrim, make me a charisma saving throw. And that is a 17. I missed that. Um, yeah. So okay. So as you uh, as you inhale this uh, this this dankest of herb, uh, it <laughs> is um, you you feel like there is uh, some sort of like. The, the the desire to kind of tell the truth and just kind of like let loose of the of, of secrets kind of hits you uh but then like you're able to kind of bite that urge and not spill uh spill your deepest secrets uh but that is kind of the uh aside from just like it being a lot better than the stuff that you were uh secretly growing outside cosmos house it is uh that is kind of the situation that you find yourself in um um, that's, this, I like, I like this stuff. I used to keep my grandfather's eye in my pocket as a child. Why did I say that? What, you, wait, hold on. You, you took what from your grandfather? <laughs> this, this stuff is wonderful. Well, I didn't take it. He gave it to me. I like to Cosmo as, like, are we okay with the fact that he just carries around family heirlooms? Body I parts? Mean, I, I don't have it anymore. Well, it's probably more concerning. Oh, and oh. he brought it away in my pocket. I know as a kid, it was there for a while, and then it just turned into, like, mush in a pocket at one time, and it was really gross. And at one time, I was in these tunnels, and it attracted a whole bunch of these, like, large spiders to me. And I, why am I telling you this? And then he just storms off to the cart. <laughs> um, Era is absolutely uh, laughing, and you can even see kind of a smirk from Grilder as uh, as they're watching this kind of, like, play out. Um and uh, Grilder just kind of says, "Yeah, that um, that that can that can happen." As I'm handing back the bag, I'm like, "Ah, sounds like we need to find ourselves Santino whenever we get a chance." Uh, yeah, head south to Drifton, and I'm sure you'll run into him. I I don't know if he's still there, but that was the last place I saw him. Drifton's uh, popped up a few times, hasn't it, Cosmo? Uh, well. I- I don't know. Maybe. Time or two. Okay. Where are you guys uh, headed from, from drifting then, Grildier? Um, well, I have some bad memories down there, so uh, we are actually heading uh, north. We kind of heard tales of there's some sort of group growing in the north that claims to have some lack of affinity for the the current set of uh gods that we're allowed to like um and we kind of both find ourselves in a situation where we uh aren't really satisfied with what the empire is allowing us to uh to like and uh follow 
Sounds like you're thinking of joining the Revivifists. We've uh, ran into a couple of them along the way. Pretty uh, nice. You, you see, um, you definitely see, like, Era and Grilled are kind of both, they, they kind of, you catch an eye between them and goes, yeah, I didn't expect anyone really else to know that much about them. Uh, we just recently kind of became aware of them. Seems like they're getting a little bit more uh, notoriety, but yeah, they've, some of the claims, uh, actually curious, do you know whether or not what they're saying is, has any kind of validity to it? Cosmo jumps in, he's like, <laughs> Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah well, Glenn like, can feel him fidgeting, getting ready to jump in and be like, I think Cosmo <laughs> might have something to say on the subject. I really want to know too. <laughs> because they just say that they could do all these things and nobody knows why or how and I want to know too like that is exactly what I've been saying Era's like immediately jumping on this too like that is exactly what I've been saying Grilder I've, I've been saying this and he's just like he's like rubbing his face and he's like yeah I know but he's like that guy in the tavern he talked about them like finding something that was had gave them the idea there has oh all right we don't know whether or not it's true but it's too big to not at least find out right like that's that's but, where we're at with it is just like but, right yeah right yeah i mean we're we're on our way to do a thing and then uh we was likely gonna head up that way because if you oh. if you say that you can bring back the old gods or whatever and apparently there's a thing i haven't heard that but uh i just want to know what you know how do they bolster such a following and clearly now all you're hearing about it in drifting and nobody knows why or how they're you planning to do this yeah we we ran into uh, a guy don't even know soldier or something i don't really remember but talking about how they had come from the north and the claims they they had a little bit more knowledge it seemed like that they're like some sort of artifact was kind of where these claims are coming from or artifacts they're looking for something seems tangible though and so that's i don't know that's why we're going up there anyway it's something to do but yep no uh we may make our way up there eventually. I mean, uh, it's not the first thing on my list, but uh, definitely has been on my mind a lot since I ran into a fella sounds like much like you did. Cool. Well, Grilled, you're, uh, you keep mentioning you're just going north. You Do you have a town in mind? Do they give you a location to hit? No, no. We were just gonna kind of go north, and he's like saying this with like the most just like bored, like I don't want to fucking talk about this uh, shit. But he's just like, no, we're just there's apparently fighting, and we were figuring we just hit the fighting and keep going north from there. I don't know, something, anything is fun at this point, and uh, to be honest, uh, the little bit of a uh, little bit of excitement and combat wouldn't uh, wouldn't be the worst thing we've got things to things to forget but well, well if you want to if you want to kill something just stick with us seems like we end to fight every other week or so uh, about uh, that era's like oh my god can't, can't, and then 
drill there's like no we gotta no i don't we don't want i don't want to do this no we're going north <laughs> right well if you want to fight then just follow the noise i suppose but uh uh glenn where did he tell us to go ghost ghost here rose here yeah some uh you know rangram's good with the names rangram what was the name of the city we were supposed to go to uh dripping okay so that's not right <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think Goshir was right. Uh, that was Nybargar, the big orc, the, the orc, uh, big happy singing orc. Right, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's... Oh, Nuremberg, uh, the big fellow. Right. Well, yeah. whatever funny thing you smoke that has you telling stories also makes you make up names. I do that in general. Honestly, it's a defense mechanism because sometimes I get nervous that I can't remember people's names. And I just tell them by the wrong one. Why am I saying this shit? And he just walks again, like off to the cart with the donkeys for a moment, and then but, before he looks back. <laughs> to collect himself. But well, go to Ghost Ghost Sheer, and uh, you'll you'll find somebody there. Big art, playing music, just big guy, little loot. Right. You'll, you'll find the right person. Sure. It sounds like so much fun. She's like, uh, you can see Arrow's like totally like kind of bouncing up and down a little bit like with excitement. And uh, Girlder's like, I knew we shouldn't have camped here. <laughs> How, uh, I can't really picture you two being friends, but I think the balancing act is, is a nice touch. It's, it's, it's cool seeing opposites attract like this. It's, sometimes it's just the just kind of happens i guess it's situations that can bring you together and era like throws an arm around like a wing i guess around uh grilder is like he loves me and then that's and then that's kind of like uh, you just see him like totally like he turns very red um and kind of like as you're looking at his face a little bit more you actually can see like definitely elven features like maybe not as sharp of ears but um there seem to be like gold dragon scales almost like gold scales like climbing up the side of this elf's face underneath the hood a oh, man uh once i see her throw the arm over that to cosmos see that could be us you know we just need to open up and have a little more you know flexibility and relate like we could be we could be on that level we've killed things together i've been stabbed multiple times You've been stabbed multiple times. You've almost died a couple times. I almost died a couple times. We need to break down these walls, man. Maybe I think if you and I just tried a little bit of that magic, uh, magic cigarette that Rangram tried, we could we could break down these barriers. Uh, right. Well, to tell you the truth, <laughs> to tell you the truth, maybe, but uh, I I reckon the your lack of uh, goodness might put a wedge things at times i 100 percent attempted to persuade you on that one so i'm going to roll persuasion against you yeah go for it i'm oh. not okay i'm not gonna force <laughs> i'm not gonna force cosmo to peer pressure to uh smack wed but um uh, if if it's it's totally up to you to perceive to kind of play this out as you would would like to cosmo wait are you trying to get me to be a better friend or to smoke uh Rangram's funny cigarettes <laughs> I'm just trying to break down these barriers between us, you know? Just really, really open you up. They he was telling they, us about his, his grandfather's eyeball. I just, I feel like you're so guarded, so tight, you know? 
You smash one person's head open all over the floor, and all of a sudden you're just like so intense all the time. Just gotta gotta cut loose. Well, no, <laughs> well, if we're being truthful, I was the one that was peer pressured into coming into talking to our friends here now, and you just wanted to hide in the trees. All right, so and I just start walking up to Rangram. Uh, I think uh, we can start setting up our tent for the night. Uh, real deer and arrows. Real nice meeting you. I'm uh, gonna go ahead and set up my camp, and I hop up on top of the, hop up on top of the well, cage. And wait, wait a minute. Down. Wait, I thought we were breaking down walls. Where are you going? It's okay. We can save these walls for another day. And just starts to go into his trance. Oof, oof. Um, right, right. Yeah. So who has the wall? I can tell who has the walls now, Blade. I, I think that both Era and uh, Grilder at this point are sitting there like. Uh, should we like get another camp or what? Cause this is awkward. Well, don't don't mind Glenn. He he'll find. He'll be all right. You don't have to go nowhere. But uh, it sounds like they're headed off to bed. Uh, I'll likely be doing the same. And uh, are you guys gonna be spending the night, or will you be moving on? I think we had planned on at least catching a couple hours of sleep before heading north, but I think we're still trying to head out before uh, the break of dawn. So, um, yeah, I think that we're going to be probably, uh, we have kind of our situation set up in the trees uh, just outside of the clearing to as to not leave ourselves completely uh, available to the things that walk on the ground. Right. Very well then. I mean, uh, I'll be setting up camp here with the on the ground, but uh, it's good to know someone's at least nearby for for a little bit if something were to come about. Yeah, with how uh, you're treating your friends, I think you're gonna need uh, some people outside of that circle to uh, come to your aid if you need it. Be fair enough. Um, yeah. So they uh, era kind of like uh, looks like looks like. Mm, and then like oh shit and then uh, flaps her wings like pretty much just one powerful like uh flap of them and kind of lifts herself over the tree line and lands uh just just outside the cops and then uh grilder seems to kind of like he he does like a, a couple things with his hands and seems to like become light uh in the air and uh pushes himself off the ground and kind of lift like he seems to kind of like float his way over the the tree line and uh they land somewhere just outside of the out of view um, but yeah, is there anything you all want to do before bedding down for the night? Uh, no, good. Glenn's just up on top, counting, counting sheep, or whatever the call version of sheep are. Rangram, how are you doing with your, uh, freakout, mini freakout? Uh, Rangram was spending the last several minutes just speaking to the donkeys because he can't, like, stop talking. So he decided he was just going to talk to the donkeys. And he looks over and he was like, um, you guys are both all right. I'm going to go to bed. And he's like struggling to like, he's like fighting back words. And then just like throws his bedroll over his head and just sitting at the front of the cart. Yeah, very liar, liar of you. Yeah. Um, Cosmo, what are you doing? Um, nothing. I think Cosmo is going to probably take a little bit of, like, a first watch. Um, okay. mostly just 
to process and think, but uh, also just to kind of be, be aware for, be up for some time. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, roll me a perception check. Sure. Perception. It's an eight. Okay. I'll say that um, you certainly hear things uh, in the woods. Um, some of them, I, I don't know how much time Cosmo has spent in the woods. This is probably like a little bit more of an unfamiliar situation for you. Mm. Um, so like the noises of just like what exists in the woods are relatively alarming uh, to you. And so you see, uh, you don't really see too much during it. Nothing breaks through the clearing, um, but something does kind of catch your eye uh, in like, maybe in the, like the, the right before and like, it's kind of when you're getting a little bit tired. So you don't know whether or not this is something you actually saw or, or what it could have been, but um, you see kind of a shadow extend out of the, into the, into the firelight. Um, that doesn't seem right. It seems like uh, it's like facing in, like there's like this kind of slight shadow that kind of like cups into the firelight a little bit um, of this circle of firelight around the ground um, just for a split second. And you don't see anything there. You don't see any figures that are casting that shadow, um, but you, you, and you don't even know if you actually saw it because you're, it's, you're tired and the fire's burning low and that's, but that's what you get. Um, yeah, so with that, at that point, would you just go to sleep, and who would you be waking up for second watch? Um, I suppose after that, it would likely be end of uh, Glenn's trance, right? Yeah, probably be waking up as you're going down. Uh, just give a pretty much a report of nothing, and yeah, that's pretty much Okay. So you you're tell just, me about uh, the weird shadows? Uh, I think Cosmo at this point is just kind of weirded out by everything and not really sure whether he's playing mind tricks or uh, just sure. too worked up about all the new noises. Yeah, so as as Glenn's kind of coming out of it and walks over to Cosmo, just like taps on his shoulder, it's like, I got this one, man. Go ahead, grab some Zs. I'll, uh, I'll keep an eye out, especially for our, our weird little flying friends, too. But then I take watch. Perception? Um... Yeah, uh, yeah, roll me a perception check. Okay. Uh, 15. 15. Okay. Um, yeah, so you are, um, you, like, at this point, the fire has kind of, like, burned down low, unless you would be stoking the fire itself. I don't, I don't know with, whether or not you would be doing that. Uh, yeah, he would definitely keep the flames alive. I mean, he's, just, oh, he's okay. traveled enough to know that fire keeps enough things away to keep a fire alive. Okay, yeah, so you, you, uh, you sit around the fire then, and you're uh, keeping this thing alive, and... Um, as you're as you're sitting there and you're, you're kind of looking out into the forest, um, like I think that your mind is is like you don't see any of the shadows or anything strange like that. But like as your mind is kind of wandering, like your 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 mind is kind of like on like regalia, and I think that that's something that like is constantly on your mind is just like regalia and like trying to figure out like like where is she? Is she gonna like? And I think that this is something that's come up before where you've been like kind of struggling to like not feel like she's constantly around you. Um, and you, as you kind of like look at the fire and then you look up, uh, you are like absolutely terrified for a second. Um, and because you see what looks like the face of Regalia looking at you through two of the trees, um, just outside of the firelight. It's just like, you can see firelight um, casting off of this like very pale gray and like stark white hair that's looking at you literally through like these two trees like this. 
I I would jump to my feet, um, and I would start to draw the Noblade Scimitar, and just not necessarily say anything yet, just have it in hand, staring at the face and waiting for it to make any kind of movement. Um, there is no movement. Um, it is still there, and the next time that you blink, it's gone. Okay, and this is right around sunrise, just like the middle of the night? It is would it? be probably the it'd probably be the middle of the night. It's probably pretty early into your watch, maybe like uh, an hour or two into it. Okay. So now that I'm very much on edge, uh, I summon Poe back and I say, Hey, we gotta uh we gotta keep a lookout, man. There's something in this forest. I don't I don't know if it's our our poeny little friend or if it's it's something else, but my mind's my mind's playing tricks on me. I need you to help steady it and I just kinda cast him up into the sky to do a, a perimeter search. Okay. Um yeah, do uh, do perception for Poe. Oh, nice, nice. Magic. Uh, yeah. So. Oh yeah, Let me I was I would say that you're confident in uh, Pooh's ability to see uh, you know in the darkness, and and you kind of set them, and they're they're kind of whipping through the lower parts of the trees, so their vision is not obscured by like the canopy or anything like that. They're going through the under canopy and, and traveling down this path a little bit more, and. They like you're you're looking through the eyes and you're you're getting the feedback from them and you don't see anything and so um, after like you do this I, I mean would you be doing this probably for the rest of your watch just like on edge? Uh, yeah, I would be kind of just constantly checking in with him, pacing and me just you know scanning the tree line looking for, I mean anything that's starting to move encroach in on the tree line. Um, yeah, so you finish out your watch in a extremely stressed out uh, manner, but uh, you don't ever see anything after that point. Um, but that's uh, that's kind of that's kind of where you're at. And at that point, um, I think we're about we're probably looking at around it's it's getting to a lot around sun uh, like the the sun is starting to uh, it's not up yet, but you can you can tell like you're within an hour or so of the sun coming up, and um, you actually uh, hear the sounds of um, uh, and you kind of see it over the tree line. You actually see two figures kind of uh, head off, like kind of one of them uh, flying and one of them kind of like floating more um, mm-hmm. over the over the, the the canopy. And you just hear like a uh, like bye, and then the uh, the two of them uh, seem to be heading uh, heading out of the forest. I just yell out, say, "Good luck, Air. Good luck, Real Deer. Hope you find what you're looking for." And I start stamping out the the flames once the the fire's well subdued and I'm not going to start a forest fire. Uh, I go over to the cage and just start like wrapping on it lightly with like one of my daggers to wake up the guys. Like, uh, Hey boys, it's, uh, it's time to get moving. We, our guests have left or I guess we were their guests. And I think we need to start making our way towards that home. Yeah. yeah let's, let's do, let's do that. Did I say anything else weird? I don't think so. I don't really talk in sleep. Uh, yeah. Did, uh, Rangram talk in his sleep? I think at best you guys probably would have heard, like, amidst, like, a, a symphony of different levels of snoring, you would have heard, like, <clears throat> oh, love them donkeys. <laughs> well, that is the truth, so he definitely was still under the influence of that truth, of that truth weed. Just um, over is like, nah, you were, you slept soundly, man. It was, it was all good. I mean... I don't know if I necessarily want to know how you got your grandfather's eye or why you were in a situation which he would give it to you, but considering you cut your own out in the last few months, it, it seems on brand with the family. So we're just gonna, I'm going to leave that one. 
Uh, yeah, he cut his out because my father died. Um, and that's why I got mine out. It's a, it a whole thing. You don't care. Well, I mean, Regalia didn't die. She's, I mean, I saw her like a couple hours ago. She was just there and then she wasn't. But my mind's been playing tricks on me lately, so. My daughter was in the woods just staring at you. She's just stalking you, doing spooky things, noises outside just campsite, huh? I mean, does that surprise you? Yes, that's a very strange thing for somebody to do that's trying to assassinate you with magic faces. I guess that wouldn't necessarily be your type. Maybe it was just a trick. Ooh, huh. spooky. Hey, Glenn, look over there. Well, he goes, I look. Boo! <laughs> he just looks back to him and shakes his head. Let's let's start moving. And Intimidation check, Rangram. <laughs> nice. Natural 20. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that uh, I think that the the similarities, though very different between Rangrim and Regalia, I do think that there is still a little bit of that like uh, fear uh, and just like that intimidation that was coming through from like the night before and like just, you just kind of being on edge that like catches you off guard and you are a little bit more scared by that than you, I think, want uh, to allow anyone to uh, to yeah, see normally. He tries to play it off, but it's very obvious he's still shook. He's like, let's just uh, let's just get on the car and get the hell out on the road because these uh, forces uh, are freaking me out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, hey, Cosmo, guess what? <laughs> and he's just walking off to the car to go find Cosmo. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I think that you're all able to, uh, you know, like the nothing like it, it the sun is kind of rising of course it's kind of dim because you guys are in the woods but the the sun is still kind of getting through is like dappled uh like spreaded light through the tree uh the tree line it's it's getting deeper as you're going in but at this point it's still like kind of like a low light situation so uh yeah you're able to get the cart all packed up get the tent all put away and uh you all are able to uh, make your way deeper into the woods and as you're traveling um it's you're you're traveling along the river still and like the path kind of travels away from it for a little bit and then it comes back and it kind of like meanders in and out uh, of these uh this tree line and kind of you get a little bit more light coming through when you get near the river of course um and the amount of like overgrowth and the the stuff along the path just like this creeping ground covering plants is just kind of becoming more and more pronounced as you're getting deeper in and you're seeing these like um, actually, roll me a perception check for all of you. Uh, Glenn wouldn't really be looking for what it's worth. I mean, okay. if there's an auditory value to this check, then I'm happy to do it. But if it's like to see what the forest looks like, he wouldn't really be paying attention. Okay, yeah. 24. 24. Um, yeah, so uh, what did you get, Cosmo? A one. A one? Okay, you... <laughs> he's, yeah. he's reading his book. Here, the yeah. journal. <laughs> Um, yeah, you are like, I think that you're just like so unfamiliar with the woods in general that like none of like everything around you, you're either looking at it so much or like that nothing is like nothing is no new information is getting through to you that's meaning anything because it's all new. Um, this kind of like extremely dense, like old growth forest. Uh, and, uh, but Rangrim, you're starting to see these like, and your cart's starting to kind of roll over them too, because they're kind of in the path, but you're seeing these like, faintly glowing like violet covered mushrooms that are like this kind of shaped like uh, kind of um 
like a seed pod almost, the way that they go up and kind of come to a point. Uh, and they're kind of small, but you can see that there are uh, larger ones, and then there are larger clumps of them that are kind of, uh, as you're going and heading further into the forest, they seem to be becoming more common. And as your cart's running them over, you're noticing that they expel this, like, almost shimmering dust cloud. Um, and as you go, you start noticing that the air itself is kind of having this kind of shimmering uh, kind of commodity to it. Uh, and it's kind of low on the ground at first, but as you're kind of driving through it, there's like this, it's kind of starting to swirl up a little bit with like the passing of the carp through it. It's almost like this low fog that has this like shimmering quality. And you're, I think you all at this point are starting to notice that there are these like, this is a little bit weird and that there are these like glowing, uh, glowing mushrooms that seem to be kind of like bioluminescing in this dark forest that is now at this point pretty much pitch black. That's cool. So that's kind of like providing light almost like it's, it's literally starting to like provide like yeah. an underglow. hundred percent. Yeah. And it's like this purple light that is, uh, that you're kind of, uh, this purple underglow light that's like illuminating the trees that it's partially growing on. And then like the ground around it, uh, that in this, uh, and, and especially because there's this fog, it's, uh, it's refracting, refracting off this fog too. And, and providing this like slight purple glow. Um, uh, this doesn't this as you guys have this up here. I mean, we got weird glowy mushrooms in the underdark, but um, this doesn't seem normal. Seems to be coming from those uh, little little purple mushrooms. Anybody recognize anything like that? You said you've seen something light up. You've seen the the glow in mushrooms in the past, but do they look like that one, or is it? Well, they don't, they don't look like this. They're not spewing out dust and things like that. In the underdark. There's lots of weird things that glow in weird fungus like that, but not like this. Um, I don't know if we should be breathing that. Hey, Cosmo, take a real deep breath. You, you're, the yeah, one, I mean, you're, you're the one with the good nose. Why don't you do yeah. it? Well, I mean, I can smell it, alright. Like, but It's everywhere. It's all I can smell now. Well, uh... I reckon what are, you breathing? Like are you guys... Gym? I was gonna... Well, okay, so are you trying to take a big inhale of it? I'm not taking like a deep breath, but I feel like I would just be de generally aware of what it smells like. It's like this slightly, um, slightly pungent smell, but it almost has like um, a chamomile, like a very like uh, like pungent kind of like floral smell that you're getting. Uh, but it, it kind of like has this uh, kind of creeping, um, this kind of like creeping viscosity to the back end of it. Mm. Well, it's it's not awful. It's getting kind of thick. Like it, it, I can like feel it like dripping down the back of my my, my throat here. Brandgrim just kind of takes his beard and just sticks it over his face and is holding some of his beard up over his face with his eye patch. Yeah, Glenn would have taken like a a scarf that he like kind of wears around his neck and just kind of cover his nose. Granny's also kind of above fog level, but he's yeah. like definitely not trying to inhale that. Uh, do we see like anything ahead, or is it just like really freaking dark? Like, can we see a house in the distance, or is it? Um, so at this point, you've been traveling for uh, like kind of half the day at this point, um, and so you're uh, you're just you're noticing that. Um, so are you just planning on keep going? You don't see anything at this point. Like you're still traveling on this road, and, and you know that like the high wood is a pretty like 
a pretty long trek to get through, like all the way through the highwood. Um, and so like at this point you haven't seen anything and you're close enough to the, the river at all times that like you feel like that if, unless it was extremely small and very dilapidated building, you probably would have seen it. Uh, okay. So yeah, is anything happening to Champagne and Cologne? Are they um, at that time? Because they would actually, be. That's actually right a, a very, level. a very good question. Um, luckily, I have my handy dandy uh, mule carts, so I'm gonna <laughs> take a look at one, what their uh, what their thing is. One, is one's one's a donkey. One's a donkey. True. One, one donkey, one mule. Of course, I'll give them completely different stats. Don't you worry. I got you. Oh, yeah, we demand representation. <laughs> One's a dwarven horse, the other is a donkey. Yeah. We established. Um, they're, yes. They're so, talking donkeys. Yes, they talk. <laughs> so as you're traveling through this uh, this fog, and as it's getting a little bit um, thicker, it's starting to kind of rise up from the ground a little bit, and it's it's getting, as they're kicking through it and walking through it, like it seems like it's it's getting to the point where, like, it's kind of above, like, where their, their nose level is at. And they, they kind of, like, you notice that the cart just kind of seems to uh, slow a little bit. Like, they seem to be kind of um, having, like, just, that, like, very uh, lethargic is kind of the, the phrase that I'll use for it. Just, it seems like travel is starting to slow down a bit. So, kind of noticing this, uh, Glenn would kind of, like, lean over the edge of the cart and say down or the cage i guess and say to the guys like hey uh i think i don't think our our steeds are doing so well i think they're starting to slow down even more than they normally do we need to uh maybe get them out of this fog this seems pretty dangerous uh yeah, it sounds like a good idea but and i'm Rangrim's gonna look to his left to right does it even look like there's any way where it clears aside from just turning back Currently, right now, no. It seems like that this is kind of like a uh, a pretty, like it is pretty ever present around you um, right now, and like especially because like you are this far into the woods, like it's just like this, and the fog is like this obscuring force, and because of the light reflecting reflecting off of it, it definitely is like this kind of uh, obscured, opaque view that you're getting. Hmm. Well, I think uh, maybe try to stay on the cart then because if we start breathing this in we might start looking a little dreary like our our donkey friends hopefully we can persevere through this without uh ending up like that let's let me let me try something here and uh see if uh if i can get ahead and uh try something and um cosmo is going to cast um find steed and uh he's going to conjure up a spirit warhorse uh fucking awesome yes uh so what okay so this is an amazing spell so i didn't know you had this what does your warhorse look like i don't know i think it's more like an armored horse it it, kind of like comes up as a um and it has like this spirit uh translucent look to it um okay. like a shimmer yeah uh no that's fine so uh kind of like a semi-spectral war horse with this mm. armor on is kind of yeah. what you're describing yeah dope yeah i mean i i love the is it like 
how like the idea of you climbing onto a Clydesdale is a very uh, amazing uh, image. Is it a smaller scale down war horse? Yeah, it's not like a Clydesdale horse, uh, and it summons, and I can just jump onto it from the cart. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So you use that little booster seat to uh, to hop onto there, and I will say that the height of that is giving you a little bit of an advantage over um, the uh, this 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 fog. You're able to see a little bit over it, but yeah. So you're going to scout out ahead. Yeah, I'm gonna go, uh, and it's just well, I'm gonna just take this uh, ride, and uh, I'm gonna move on ahead and see if I find anything, and I'll come back. What do you, you know? He could just summon horses, Rangram. Oh, he doesn't tell me anything. Uh, we need to get oh, why did I? What, why was I finding donkeys this whole time when he could just poof? Here's a thing to pull our cart. I, I mean. We have Cologne and Champagne. I mean, that's... I know, and they're amazing, and his horse is dumb. But I just didn't know he could do that. But there's, there's a lot of things you don't know about about me, but... Uh, that's my point! And as he rides away. <laughs> we'll, um, we'll talk about this later. <laughs> just, we'll talk about this later. Um, okay, so, uh, Cosmo, we'll get back to you and what you are doing in a second. Uh, Rangram, are you keeping the, the, the cart going, or are you stopped at this point? I would keep going. Okay. Um, I would say that you probably make it like a pretty short distance later, like maybe uh, another 10 minutes before um, you, the cart stops completely. And uh, it seems like the, uh, both of the, like the mules, uh, they are just like kind of knelt down and seem to be laying on the ground as if like they have bedded down for the night. Um, still attached to the cart, uh, but they have like laid down in the middle of the path, and you can hear uh, subtle uh, pony, uh, subtle mule and donkey snores coming from them. That's adorable. That is adorable, isn't it? I mean, uh, hey guys, um, problem? Uh, I mean, it's it's fine. They just tuck it themselves. It's been a long six hours. I mean, they they that's a lot of work to you know tow this big old car. Maybe we can just wait for. Cosmo to get back and let us know on his magical super horse what uh what he found. Yep. What could go wrong is Rangram just climbs to the top of the like the encaged part of the back of the cart and just kind of sits up on that. You both are sitting up there at this point, like on top of the cart. Yeah, I pull out uh I pull out a, a deck of cards and I deal him a hand of cards and I set like Poo on a, a branch, and he's just kind of keeping a lookout on the cart while nice. we wait for Cosmo. Cosmo, how far uh, how far down the path do you go? Um, I move. I would say I probably move not like a quick pace, but like a, a steady pace. Uh, probably move to about fifty feet. Something where it's like I haven't quite lost uh, eyesight of them. Okay, so you're not going that far then. You're literally just like going slightly ahead and then coming back. Uh, well, I mean, I would just, there. I would just say like I'm kind of moving in increments, yeah, like at a certain. Okay. Point. Um, at, at like that far ahead, you're not seeing anything new. Um, like you're seeing pretty. I mean, they're they're still like you see them climb up on top of the cart and you see the donkeys lay down, but um, that's pretty much all you would see at that distance. Um, kind of recognizing that he is at the maximum of still being able to eyes on the cart as well as not being able to see any print what is the road is it still look like there's a clear path or 
Yeah, it's it's grown. It, like it has um, these like creeping, this creeping undergrowth that's kind of going across it. Um, but you can tell like it doesn't seem like this is this path is very used this deep into the woods. It's it seems like this like there are things crawl like creeping and, and growing across the path that like you know that if this was well traveled, it would have been trampled apart. Um, and so like you are able to follow the path because it, it was well-worn at one time, but it seems like it's relatively unused at this point. Okay. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it seems clear enough. You can see a straight path ahead of you. Okay, all right. Um, then I think he would probably go another 50 to 100 feet, as long as I think the biggest thing is, is that as long as the path stays yeah. Uh, well. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. so you get out there uh, 100 feet out and um, roll me a perception check. Um, sure. That is a 18. Yeah. Um, so deeper into the woods, you see um, just for like, it's it's like kind of in the haze of this like fog, which is kind of starting. It's like, it is creeping up as time goes on. Um, and you see this like, what looks like this kind of like very transparent blue figure, like way in the distance, like, like, like probably at least another hundred or so feet ahead of you, kind of like just through the trees a little bit, uh, just just kind of there. And it's just like this slightly humanoid-esque figure that is uh, very like a light transparent, uh, like blue color. So uh, see a thing, translucent figure. Do I see like any, like it's just, forest is just getting thicker at this point? The, the forest is is staying around the same amount of density. I mean, again, I guess it is getting a little bit thicker. Like it's as you're going closer into the middle of it, it is getting like older growth. The trees, the, the trees themselves are getting thicker and older and like more gnarled as you're going into this forest. Less light is coming through it, but you guys are pretty like into it at this point. So it's not noticeably different very much as you're going deeper in, but the path is getting more overgrown and you're getting more of this fog and more of these purple mushrooms. Uh, that's kind of what, and then this figure that's just kind of seemingly standing out in the distance between uh like kind of just off the path yeah no it, like even seeing like anything seeing this uh anything abnormal at that point i think he would realize that's far enough and it's he would turn back um okay yeah um so uh you turn back uh turn back towards the cart and you're and like you kind of start you kind of start writing back um and it's it's then that like you uh you're kind of like riding back and you hear like this pop like these small popping noises um just kind of like pop 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 and you look around and you see that these purple mushrooms seem to be kind of bursting open and this fog that you're riding through is suddenly like rising up and getting so so thick and you're like riding your horse back through this fog trying to get back to the cart um and i need actually uh glenn and rangrim uh you see cosmo turn back around and start like riding back through and then you also start seeing that these uh you start hearing this like kind of ambient popping noise as uh this these uh purple mushrooms all around you seem to like come alive and this quickly this fog just kind of comes up and overtakes both of you and i need all three of you to make me constitution saving throws shit oh. I rolled a 19 plus two so 21 i rolled a 23 uh, uh 18 yes so all of you uh 
like you feel this like this kind of like this burst of this thing and like your vision is like pretty quickly obscured it's almost like you're going like literally driving through fog um and and you're riding through fog and so like your vision is automatically like it's you cannot see more than like 10 feet in front of your face like that is just where you're at um and you are you're able to make it back to the cart um but as you uh like you feel this wave of lethargy kind of come over you um and then you feel something try to kind of like reach into your mind um and as you get back to the cart um you kind of look over to the side cosmo and you see that there is just a spectral blue figure of a woman that is standing directly next to the path. Rangrim and Glenn, you see it as well. Um, and she just looks over at you and cocks her head and disappears. And that's where we're gonna end the session tonight. Oh, neat, nothing spooky there. It's Cosmo's mom, we're fine. It's Amy. <laughs> Amy, cool. yeah. She just, she knew that he was gonna eat a snack. She missed it.